Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Let's talk about assisted dying. Because medical professionals met at the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Assisted Dying today to share their views and concerns. There are many different viewpoints. Uh, We heard that the Royal College of Physicians in Ireland told TDs and senators assisted dying goes against best medical practice. On the other hand, the Irish doctor supporting a medical assistance in dying group says it wants to see assisted dying for adults with a terminal illness and a prognosis of six months or less. Uh, The Irish Hospital Consultants Association has yet to take a stance on assisted dying. Now, just to point out, when they say that they want to see it for people with a prognosis of six months or less, there's an old saying that my mother used to say to me that doctors differ, patients die. I remember a good friend of mine was given four months to live. That was 12 years ago. So what I'm saying is doctors do get it wrong. You know, people can be given a prognosis of four months, six months, three months, uh, two years. It's very difficult for a doctor, no matter how qualified they are, to tell how long somebody's got left to live. It's a guess at best. It's a professional guess, but a guess nonetheless. So the Irish Hospital Consultants Association has yet to take a stance as an assisted dying. Interestingly, as President Professor Rob Landers said, it's concerned some people may choose to end their life due to shortcomings in the health service. In other words, they don't believe they're going to get the care and attention they need because the health service is so bad at the moment. And that is really a sobering thought when you think about it, that our health service could fail Irish citizens in that way that they think they'd be better off dead. Anyway, it is a big topic. It's a very emotional one. And every time we cover it, we cannot get to all the callers who want to comment online in relation to this. There hasn't been a bigger one since the abortion referendum. This referendum will most likely be next year, maybe the year after. We don't know for sure. But there will be a referendum, or not a referendum, should I say. There will be a law passed. The argument, by the way, is that this can be passed by the Shannon in Ireland without a referendum. Now, I think most people believe at this stage it would be fair to have a referendum, even though it may not even be necessary, because it's not protected in the Constitution. As such, the wording is a little bit of a grey area. So they do believe that the law could be passed without the will of the people. But many people and even experts on both sides have said this to satisfy everybody that we should actually have a referendum on it anyway. In other words, have a national vote on whether we believe. Because it's a big step for Ireland, you know, to have assisted dying, euthanasia, whatever word you want to use for it. So I don't know whether you're happy about this. Are you happy that the Joint Rockers Committee is taking time to consider this? Is it necessary? Some people believe it's completely unnecessary. We already have assisted dying to an extent. When you go into a hospital and you have a terminal illness or you end up in palliative care, you know, rather than being in pain and dying over a period of three or four months, you know, you were put on what they call cocaine or not. You're not put on morphine, (laughs) but it is a derivative anyway. You're put on morphine and that is induced by a mechanical pump. Um, It's an overdose, essentially, of morphine that is designed to take away any pain while you're struggling during the final moments of your life. But in turn, that morphine can do a huge amount of damage as well by shutting down your organs. So essentially, you're making people pass away peacefully rather than pass away in pain. Now, people do still sadly pass away in pain. So realistically, we do have some level of assisted dying to some degree. We get to a point in a person's life where we feel there's no point in treating it anymore because no matter what we do, the person is going to pass away anyway. So, but should we take that a step further, whereby a person who has been diagnosed with a terminal illness, maybe at that particular moment, I'm not going to say reasonably healthy because that would be a lie because they've been diagnosed with a terminal illness, but they feel okay and they say, I don't want to live any longer. I don't want to go through the next six months of waiting to die. I want to go now. Can you just pop those two pills in a glass and pour them in there? Or somebody who's incapable of, for example, taking their own life, which is not illegal, by the way. I don't recommend anybody to do it, certainly. But somebody's incapable of that. They may have locked-in syndrome or something like that. And they have a terminal illness. And they want the state and doctors to assist them in dying. Do you think that should be allowed? They call it dying with dignity. But is it dying with dignity? They say you wouldn't let a dog suffer. You'd put them down. But then again, I think that's a very unfair analogy. We're not dogs and dogs can't speak. And I wonder if all the dogs in the world, by the way, who were put to sleep were given a choice and could speak. Would they be happy enough to have that fatal injection at the end? Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd say, no, I'd rather hang on in there and see, can I struggle around for a bit more? 
Anyway, do you agree with assisted dying in Ireland? That's the question. So I want you to put yourself in a position that you're in a polling booth. There's a vote on dying with dignity or assisted dying. And knowing what you know now, which is the suggestion is that it would be for people with a prognosis of a terminal illness of six months or less. Again, I say, that's guesswork. It really is guesswork. You could have two experts say, yeah, you've only got about six months to live. You could live for two years. You could live for three years. You could live for three weeks. You don't know. I had a mate going back many years ago who was given six months to live and he lasted three weeks. So what I'm saying is doctors are guessing. It's a professional guess, but they are guessing. So I want to know what you think. Do you agree with assisting somebody to die? The argument against it as well is it devalues the elderly or they feel devalued somewhat and a burden on society. Let me know what you think. 087-188-0008. Before I go to Lily and Fiona, my first two callers, I'll put it to you like this, theoretically, right? This is a hypothetical situation. Your mother or your father is lying in a bed and they don't have long left, maybe a week or two. They're dying. You know they're dying. And they're in pain. And they're incapable of moving their arms and legs, theoretically. And there's a glass of water and two tablets on a table. And they say to you, Lily, Fiona, Niall, whoever, would you pass me those two tablets and pop them in my mouth and pour that water in? And I'll see you in the next life. Would you do it? That's the question. Would you do it? Let me go to Lily. Lily, hi. How are you doing? You're on Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. Hello, Lily. Oh, sorry, wrong favor. There you go. Sorry, there you are there. Go ahead, Lily. Hello? Oh, we'll come back to you in a second. Hang on. We'll come back to both of you in a second. I do apologize. Um, so the question is, would you do it? And I remember having a caller on the air going back some time ago. And they told me, oh, it was about seven, eight years ago, that their father was practically dead, wasn't quite dead yet, but practically dead, and was begging to die. And he told us on the air that he put a pillow over his face. Now, in Ireland, that's murder. That's what that is. That's, that's murder. We had so many callers on that night, by the way who agreed with what he did. And you can't condone murder, but that's what that is in Irish law. We've had cases, well, we've had one really big case in this country where a woman went and got a ticket or got information from a travel agent for somebody to go to Switzerland, to Dignitas, which is where you go to die with dignity, and they have a sister dying. And for just doing that alone and for getting information on it, for her friend, who was incapable of doing that, she was brought to court. And Irish judges, three of them, grappled with the Constitution of Ireland and with the laws of Ireland. Thankfully, she was acquitted in the end. But it just goes to show you, in Ireland, you cannot do anything like that. It may seem at the time the right thing for you to do, but you can't do that. But should people be allowed to do that? I'm not saying everybody should be allowed to just finish people off if that's what they want to do. But should doctors be allowed to do that? Sorry, we'll go back to Fiona now. Thank you. Sorry about that. Fiona, hi. How are you? I'm good now. Good evening. Good evening to you. Fiona, do you believe doctors should be allowed to do that? I don't. I absolutely do not. Okay. And why not? Um, no matter what way we dress it up, um, assisted dying. You're asking someone to sit down next to you while you commit suicide. Well, you're not actually committing suicide. They're assisting you doing it. So if you want to go literally to murder you. Well, I know that neither of my parents would have put us in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Fact, because they would have been true Catholics. Um, They wouldn't have wanted to damn our souls. That's exactly the way I would have been brought up. So, so are you looking at it from a religious me, no point of view? No matter how much my parents yeah. would have suffered, it's something they wouldn't have asked. Well, then, can I ask you, Fiona, are you looking at it from a religious point of view? In other words, God puts you on this planet and God can only take you off it. Is that the way you look at it? I do. And another thing, Niall, this is one of these things, it's like if we open a can of worms here, 
it's going to fester because it's it's like as I say, I feel me. I just feel me. It's like dressing up suicide. There's been times in everybody's life we've been down the ground and we've had to pull ourselves back up. And everyone can relate to that. But but it's just so like, dying, but hang where on. Where do you draw the line? Oh, where do you, where do you draw the line? In your own life. Oh, well, hang on. You, there, there is a line being drawn if there is going to be legislation. And that line won't be that somebody just feels depressed and they go to a doctor and say, I want you to kill me. That's never going to happen. Well, I certainly hope not. Um, that's never going to happen. This would be designed for people who have a terminal illness, according to the draft legislation and what they're talking about, who have a terminal illness of less than six months prognosis, whereby, you know, if they're in pain or they're they're going to be in pain and suffering, that they can decide to die, as they say, with dignity. Again, I think that fine line is there. You have young people that's going to look at that and think, you know, well, I know someone who... Uh, you know, they got so much system in their lives and maybe it is okay to take your own life. It's not. It's not. No, and it's not. I know. And when I say it's not you okay know. to do it, there are more solutions and help and support out there now than there's ever been. There is, and there has been numerous, numerous suicides. And it's something in Ireland we've been fighting for years and years and years. So I just think it's something that people should think really, really strong about. Because this is what you're talking about, is taking a human life. And at the moment, I think there's enough of attack on mankind as it is. But that, that hypothetical situation I gave just before you come on, that you're yeah. in a hospital and one of your parents or your brother or your sister or somebody you love yeah. is in the bed and you know they're going to die in the next week, right? You, you've been told yeah. and they're struggling to breathe and they're struggling to live. They're fighting for their last breath. And there's a glass of water and two tablets on a table. The two tablets, by the way, will make them die quicker and they'll die peacefully. Would you would you pass them? If they said to you, you know, Fiona, do me a favour, pop those two tablets in my mouth and just give me that glass of water there. Would you help them? No. Even, and if, again, even if they asked you? Again, I have, I, I have been in them situations. I have monitored a, a member of my family with the medication through her sickness. And you'd have the times that you'd be up, the tablets be up, and that you get it down, and you'd be getting her levels, and it would be great success. So I've been all there. But would she have asked me to help her? No. Not in a million years, would she? Stay there just for a second. Mm -hmm. Let me go to Lily. Lily, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Good. Lily, I mean, would do you believe that we should have legislation around assisted dying in Ireland? Definitely. Okay, why? Um, people's choice, if people want to, it should, it, it should be a choice, like, it's no harm to bring in the legislation. People don't have to... Use it, uh, vote yeah. For it. But the people who, some people may like to not have to go to another country are, if they're terminally ill. And as you said there earlier, doctors say you've only six weeks, six months, as you said, they're only guessing. Yeah. Sometimes they might say you have three weeks and sometimes maybe six months. But maybe if the government brought, it in, brought the legislation in and if they, if they advised people who, who are sick, who, who are diagnosed with a sickness terminally ill, to go to their solicitor and maybe state it on their will, It was, oh, state that if they got close to dying, that they like if they put it, if they if they put it down on their will that if anything, if I get a terminal illness and say I've only six months to live, I would appreciate um, my family to organise euthanasia for me. That would be a, that would be my wishes. It might be a little bit easier if people maybe. In what respect? Because we already have do not resuscitate. You're allowed to do that. So you can have those wishes granted. In other words, if you end up in a coma or a serious accident that they don't put you on life support and do not resuscitate. So, but in in relation to assisted dying, see the argument against this, Lily, is, is that you devalue people, people who may have a terminal illness, who may have a very serious disability, who may be elderly, 
And people would argue that it makes them feel like some sort of burden on society. Yes. That I'd, be, I'd, be better, I'd be better off dead. Sure, everybody, yeah, sure, what's the point? You know what I mean? And that's the kind of argument against it, that life becomes less valuable, that we can just snuff it out at any time we want. Yes, yes. Mm. And in the case where people have dementia or something, I don't know how that would work out. Well, well you, you wouldn't, I would imagine the legislation, you would ha- to make the decision, you would have to be of sound mind. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You couldn't yes. make the decision if you had dementia. That wouldn't be right. But it should be allowed in, it should, it should, there should be, should be allowed and people should be allowed to vote like everything else like abortion like all the other things that we vote for it, it could be it can be put into a vote and there might be people there's people out there who totally wouldn't agree with oh, that well, Fiona before are, you there completely disagrees with us she believes that God well, is the she, only person well, that makes she, that decision yes, Absolutely. Yes. Fiona has her own yes she's her own reasons for it mm. I believe I actually agree with with if they, if they bring it into legislation that if people um, if people are terminally ill and they don't wish, it's the person that's lying in that bed that you have to think about. Yeah, no, and, that, and it's, a, it's a difficult thing to watch if anybody who's ever watched somebody dying in it's hospital. Very or dying. Difficult. Well, it's very it difficult. It's very difficult to watch. But, yeah. We, but, yeah, but yeah. we don't know, you know, what's going through that person's mind. You know what I mean? Self-preservation no, is a human uh, asset. I mean, human beings, for the, to the very last minute, in their own mind, think they can they can beat this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, and I totally agree with what Fiona said. She's her own belief that, you know, everyone has their own thoughts about it, but usually, but I, I'm just going to say that when my mother was, my mother died very young, she died young enough, 64, but she was ready to go, not that we had to assist her or anything like that. The doctor came at 12. She'd come to terms with it, yeah. She had come to terms, and a lot of people come to terms with it, and they have their own way, and look at it, it's awful to be looking yeah. at somebody. It's awful to be looking oh, at terrible. somebody in a bed. And you know they're not going to get better. But as you said, Niall, the, the doctors say, right, such as such, you've only six weeks to live, you've only six months. They're only going on the medical side of it. But if there's somebody suffering, somebody's suffering and getting injected with morphine, and it, it breaks down, it's morphine, uh, uh, too much morphine can, can cause the organs to break down. Well, anyway. that's what happens, if yeah. Is that person, is that person feeling that pain? How do we know? How do, how do professionals know? Well, we do that. I mean, Lily, when somebody's in great pain, be it from cancer or whatever it is, and we put them on what they call mechanical morphine, which is that pump that they use, right? It's essentially an overdose of morphine to make sure they're not in any great pain. But as you rightly said, the trade-off is that an overdose of morphine shuts down the organs, you know, slowly so the person passes away peacefully. Shuts down the organs. Mm. And so, we're, so we kind of already are doing it to some degree yes. in palliative care. Yes. So so why then do we need another strain of it, I suppose, Fiona would argue, and I'm not arguing on her behalf, but I'm arguing on behalf of people who don't agree with it. Why do we need anything else then? Because we do do our best to make sure people don't die in pain. Yeah, yeah but Niall, why do people who've been diagnosed with with um, a terminal illness, why do they ch- they choose to go to another country? Because it's not a service in this country. And I'm talking. Well, there's about not that many. I know you can talk about stigmatas in Switzerland and places like that. But there, there are not yeah. many people who choose to do that. I mean, I don't know many people. Maybe Jane will have a quick look up. But I don't think that many Irish people have travelled to dignitas in the last few years, or Maybe other not. countries. Where no, I don't think there's that many. It's not. It's not like the argument we had around abortion where women were heading off to England every single day. That's not the case. There's very few. No, there's very few because of the fact that there's palliative care Mm -hmm. and there's the morphine. I don't think it should be brought in as a law. Well, yes, yes, Fiona, I totally totally take your your, uh, choice with with respect. But, Mm. But if I, if I was diagnosed and told I'd only six months to live, I think I wouldn't like, I think I'd, I'd choose to go quick. Just, just to, as that. a point of interest, only 10 people travelled overseas for assistance dying Ten. every year. Oh, yeah. Okay. And here's the thing, the problem with travelling to another country for assisted dying is because it's illegal in Ireland, you cannot bring somebody with you. So you must go on your own. Uh, and the reason That's behind perfect. that is is because if somebody goes with you, they are assisting in your death. 
under Irish law. Now, you obviously can't be charged because you'd be dead, but they can. They can be charged, and it's a very, very sticky situation. It's a very delicate it's a very delicate thing. All that one has to be has to be checked first, and 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 just to bring it into legislation, like people will vote, people will vote one way or another, and it might be the best thing for people who want to, who want to go like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 hang on. Both of you stay there just for a second, uh, and let me uh, go to David as well. David, hi. How are you? Hi. No. No. Lovely to talk to you again. Um, you all, all good. Oh, good, David. I mean, assisted dying. It's it certainly splits people down the middle, you know, obviously for a lot of religious reasons first, but it does split people well, down the middle. Yeah, I, I would hate to have any legislation brought in on religious grounds, um, uh, but that's a, let's not go down that route. Um, yeah, you, you brought up do not resuscitate. That's already there. Um, there are certain religion, well, certain groups, cults, the Scientologists, they won't allow certain treatments to take place, um, which... Mm-hmm. Medics can save someone's life. Yeah. Um, we also know that over the past few years, in in various hospitals, um, midzolum has been used um, to end people's lives by doctors. Doctors are doing it now on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the what what should happen um, certainly. You know, my my personal experience was with a, a my stepdad who had a, a stroke. Um, and he was a supremely active man um, into his 80s. He, his absolute fear, horror, was having a stroke and being a vegetable, mm-hmm. a, a mind trapped in, in, a, in a, a, a useless body. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we, when we took him into hospital having had a stroke, he was chatting away and, and he and I were, were having a conversation right up until the doctor diagnosed and spoke in front of him and said he'd had a stroke. And at that moment, Derek just turned to the wall and shut his shut himself down. Wow. That's awful. Uh, and he's, he's actually, funnily enough, his mum did that as well. Yeah. Um, his, his mother was... A, 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 she used to come down to... She, she lived in a, in a residential hotel. She would take a 40-minute stroll along the promenade, not promenade every morning. This was into her 80s. She would sit down for breakfast and do the Times cryptic crossword in about 30 minutes. Um, And within um, two months of her eyesight going, um, she was dead. Wow. People, when they do get to that age or get older, people do, unfortunately, uh, you know, their body degrades very very quickly. My my great aunt, yeah, my my great aunt, um, Margaret Mm. Broadley, she trained as a nurse in 1920 at the Royal London. And she became a very senior nurse at the Royal London. Um, and she always said that um, pneumonia was, was um, the old's best friend. Yeah. And she would say that people would just, the expression she used, that they would turn to the wall. Um, and, uh, well, the, well, the majority people, of people who are old, uh, you know, who die when they're elderly, die of respiratory diseases. Usually it's a respiratory, yeah. yeah, it's usually the flu or pneumonia that, or whatever that gets yeah, them. The, yeah. the, 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 a lot of pneumonia, it's, it's, um, yeah. a, a lot of that, I, I, I think, is um, mm. is induced or, or self-induced or whatever, yeah. or assisted. But, but getting back to what, what Fiona's saying, you know, Fiona's happy with the way things are at the moment. And there is arguments, right, yeah. David, uh, you know, genuine arguments that are non-religious against assisted dying or euthanasia that you devalue it's people, wrong. that you can devalue well, what people. I would what I would like to do is, is at the moment we have, you can be in various different paths, shall we say. Um, not, not, not for religious reasons, for medical, for personal or, or other reasons, which um, it puts people on different playing fields. And I, I would be all for um, a, 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 the legal, if, if the law could be written, so that everybody was on the same playing field, then I wouldn't have an issue with it. What I do have an issue with is what's going on in Canada. Well, um, yes. I was only talking about uh, this today. Actually, somebody mentioned this in the podcast today, what's happening. Older people are feeling devalued in Canada. Yeah, well, they're, they're, and, and the state is effectively killing them. Mm-hmm. 
And that is ha- that is happening. That happened during COVID. It happened here during COVID. Well, it's it di- by the way, it's, it's, the it, government would love that freeing up extra beds as well. well I suppose. And, and by I the said, way, it's like an attack on mankind. It's still it's happening here when we have ludicrous. when we have nursing home beds closing on a daily basis and disappearing on a daily basis. It you know you might yeah. as well be telling old people you're actually an inconvenience to society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and, mean, and this would be another way of doing that, David, wouldn't it? Because if you've got well, an is. if you've got an older person who has a, a terminal diagnosis, now terminal diagnosis is not the end of the world. Yeah. When I say it's not the end of the world, yeah. pardon the wording that I'm using, but I know a person who had a terminal diagnosis twelve years ago of six months. They're yeah. still alive, right? So yeah, what I'm saying absolutely. is, yeah, they can get it wrong, and and you, what I'm saying is, if you have a terminal diagnosis and there is euthanasia and you have a family sitting there waiting for you to pass so they can take the house or whatever it is. You know, yeah. older people can feel like a bit of a burden on people then at that point in their lives. And I, I, I'd I, never want a society where people who are unwell or older felt like they were some sort of burden. Yeah, That's right. That, well, that, that was exactly the situation that my stepfather um, was, was in. Uh, well, that was his view with, with, when he was, uh, if he, he became a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's, he would, uh, he um, and, and I would have supported it because he was an active man and he genuinely would find being you know, an active brain trapped in a, in a useless body would be um, um, utter, utter purgatory mm-hmm. for him. Um, and, and that's where I, I would be quite happy to, and not, I wouldn't want to be, a, be party to it, but if he did decide to um, take the pills or... or um, Right on his his thing. If I have a stroke, um, for goodness sake, put me down. Um, and the doctors did that. That that would be fine. Mm-hmm. So so you if it was a case. And by the way, I mentioned earlier on, there is a legal argument at the moment that we don't need a referendum because it's not protected under the constitution anyway. We uh, definitely need a referendum. We definitely need a referendum. Oh, I was going to ask, should we have one anyway? The 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 well, the the, the, the state cannot be trusted. Um, they, they cannot. They, they say quite clearly they've shown over the last few years with all these lockdowns and all the rest of the nonsense. They cannot be trusted to make good decisions. No. Absolutely. Not. Um, so you. So uh, if it was a case of bringing in, you know, assisted dying, you would want that written, set in stone in the constitution. It would, it would have to be. You can't trust these 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 crooks, um, and they are all crooks. They're, they're, no, not they're, all of them, but however, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a journalistic obligation to say that, by the way, David. Some of them are blind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, they're, they're unconvicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, hang on. Let me go to Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Sorry, how are you? Long time ago here. How are you? It's, been, it's nice talking to you, Tom. It's been a while. Um, Tom, how would you vote in relation to this? I would vote no, and the reason why I vote no, and I, I really don't care what people think. I know everyone's going to come up and say, well, if you're in this situation, this situation. I'm going to go over one of the most fundamental things. If we look at the recent referendum that we had on the abortion, on abortion, the legislation has changed, and, it's, and I'm not speaking about the abortion thing, okay? But I'm just giving an example. No, no I know it. what you mean, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is to keep pushing the boundaries on it, and more and more people are going to come for it. If you look at if assisted suicide in Canada, or assisted whatever you want to call it in Canada, and the numbers are climbing the whole thing over there. So, like, we've got to have it. A limit. I won't say a limit. I just don't agree with it. Okay, so you, so your like fear the, is... I don't, I don't, I don't let me, trust the government. Okay, so just let, let it put it briefly. Your fear is that if they brought it in and said, let's say, for example, you had to have three doctors who said you had a prognosis yeah. of less than six months, within two years, the law would be changed to make that... Oh, so let's make that two years. Or let's make it exactly. ten years. So they'll just keep increasing it and changing the moving the goalposts. Like, you see, there's a very fine line between assisted debt and genocide an extreme example, I know, but there's a very fine line. And I think we're getting to a stage now where we're, it's not a case of playing God. Keep the religious side out of it. But we're getting to a stage now where we're playing with people's lives. I know people suffer with cancer. I saw it, look, I saw it with my own mother. And I, I've seen it with relations of mine. But ultimately, if you're going to do something like this, it's got to be watertight. And currently, with the government and the set of leftist politicians we have here, anything goes. And that's what I fear, is that you could have someone there with a mental health issue or something like that that could be 
hopefully sorted out with proper treatment, which is non-existent by the way in this country. Yeah. And if they pushed it for a thing, that's what I fear that we could actually lose lives just to suit society as it's. Well, well, this was, this was the very argument that was made today by the Irish Hospital Hospital Consultants Association, and, and their president, Professor Rob Landers said that it says it's concerned that some people may choose to end their life due to the shortcomings of the health service. And I make no apologies to anyone if they're offended with my view. I make no apologies. Oh, you don't have to apologise for you. We've got to draw a line on things because this, like I said, and your previous caller there said, you can't trust the government. I'm sorry I'm not calling anyone crooks or anything like that, but we've been proven down through the years with, with stuff like this that has come in, we can't. They keep pushing, pushing and pushing the limits. Do you, David, David, you've already said you don't trust the government, right? That's fair enough, okay? Some people do, some people don't, okay? Um, at the moment, yep. it seems more people don't. But anyway, you said you don't trust the government. <laughs> so why, with, with such an important piece of legislation, which is literally life or death, would you trust them at all even to write the legisl- or the, the wording for the Constitution? Why change? Put the, I mean, what, what's, wrong with, what's, wrong, what's wrong with what we have at the moment? Tell me what's wrong with but that you know, well, it, 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 in my view, it doesn't treat everyone the same. As I've said, exactly. um, it well, allows exactly. certain people to have treatment. It doesn't allow other people to have treatment. Exactly. Depending on what the doctor doctors do, the doctors can at the moment they can put you on a, a, um, an end of life pathway, and they start That's feeding you midzolum. Mm. They start feeding you midzolum, and you're gone. Um. It totally depends on the situation. Um, you can ask not to be resuscitated. Yes. But you can't, <laughs> which if you're in, it's essentially in a terminal situation, if you're at, um, um, uh, 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 Alzheimer's and you're, 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 you, you cannot communicate, your, way, your, your mind is gone, um, what quality of life have you got? Yeah, but if you have Alzheimer's under the legislation for assisted dying, I would doubt very much you would be allowed to make that choice anyway. Yeah, no, that's right. But you've got to make it, you've got to make it before the, the decision. When you're of sound mind, made. yes. Right. Yeah, you've you've got to sort of write it when you write your will, um, and and sort of before anything happens. Mm. Um, so it's, it's like you. you put but, on he, your, but here's your, the thing, you know. I I remember watching. Oh, I can't remember the author's name. He was on the Late Late Show going back about fifteen years ago. Somebody will remember. Ter- Terry Pratchett? Yes, that's who it was. He was on the Late Late Show and he had been diagnosed with MS as far as I remember. And he had yes. said that he wanted assisted dying. He didn't want yes. to die in pain, blah, blah, blah. I don't actually, is he still with us, Terry Pratchett? I'm not too sure whether, whether he is. Because anyway, it was some time ago, the interview. But, but here's the thing and what got me thinking at the time. Maybe that was the way he felt at that particular moment. Maybe in five years' time, because with MS, of course, you can live for quite a long time and have a reasonable quality of life for a long period of that time. So maybe, you know, in a, a two years later, he might have met somebody nice who supported him and maybe fell in love or, or whatever. Or, you know, but what I'm saying is, you, you're, you know, your, your view of life changes, your value in life changes. So maybe... Right. You can have, yeah, you can have the, the, the likes of... Um, um, oh, gosh, Cosmos, the, the, the really brilliant um, chappy, what was his name, um, in, in the wheelchair. Um, oh, Stephen Hawkins. Oh, Stephen Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins, yeah. Thank you, Carol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well done. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody. Carol's brain is the only one that's functioning tonight. <laughs> I'll come to you in a second, Carol. But, okay, but, yeah, but the, point, the, the point is, that the, what I'm trying to say is that if you had, say, Alzheimer's and you before you had any complications or symptoms, yeah. you said, yeah, you know, when I get to that point where I can't, you know, wipe my own bottom, so to speak, I want yeah. to die. But then yeah. we, we get to that point... And we say, okay, he said he wanted to die when we got to that point. But that we don't know how you feel then. Maybe you've changed your mind but can't communicate that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, But what I would say is that I'm a fiercely individual person. I do live alone. Um, I'm not as lucky as Stephen Hawking. I don't have a brilliant brain. um, Nor do I have a a loving loving wife or a, a loving nurse who becomes my wife. Well, 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 hang on. Just wait for a second because I need to go to Carl before the news because otherwise we're going to run out of time here. Hospital. Yeah. If I went into hospital, there is. I'm, I have no doubt that they would put me on a pathway to exit. Um, whereas, he, if you have somebody with a family around them or family and friends, 
they possibly might not put you on a pathway to exit. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Carol. Carol, hi, how are you? Good evening, how are you? Sorry to squeeze you in three minutes before the news. I do apologise. I'll take. Don't worry, I'll bring you back on again after the news. But go on, Carol. Like, I definitely 150% agree with this legislation going through. I think everyone should have the right to choose if they want to die with dignity or not. Um, like nobody's going to be forced into it. It's not something that we're going to force onto people. It's 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 their choice, and I know it's something that I would possibly choose. And I know, like my mother is sixty-seven, quite active, quite hip, fit, and healthy. But her worst nightmare is Alzheimer's, absolute worst nightmare. And she just go, please tell me so I know I can do it myself. If she wrote that in a will and got to a point where she wasn't herself or she didn't know us. I would give her those tablets. Mm. I love her. I love every single part of her and I'd be devastated. But that's what she wants. And see, the the problem with it is, you know, is that people then with Alzheimer's or people who are elderly or frail or have a terminal diagnosis, as we mentioned in Canada earlier on, you know, people are being devalued very quickly. Um, And we're starting to see it in this country too, that the elderly become an inconvenience in society. And maybe they'll start to feel like that and they'll feel... Sure, nobody really wants me around. I'm a burden on society. There isn't even a hospital bed for me. There isn't even a a nursing home bed for me. Sure, I'd be better off just going. And and that we I never we never want a society like that, do we? No, we don't. Like, so I am a cancer patient, and there is a possibility that I will become a terminal cancer patient in the future. I hope not. And like... I hope not for a long time, but it is a possibility. I'm 43, so I should. Are you in remission at the have... moment? I have a, a strange cancer called sarcoma, so we're never actually classed as in remission. I have no evidence of active disease at the minute, and that's the best we get. Okay, okay, that's but that's so, a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of, yes, yeah. kind of, yes. Um, but I do hope, if it ever gets to that point, that I can make the decision and go, okay, I don't want another three months of pain and sickness and suffering and these harsh, horrible treatments. I'm going to get to a point where I don't feel okay, and then I'm going to go. But but you could be told that by a doctor, and I mentioned earlier on at the start of the show that I had a friend going back 12 years ago who was given six months to live, and he was very sick because he was on chemo at the time and radi- radiotherapy, and he was extremely sick, and he was given six months to live. He's still alive, and he's actually back working again. Yeah, well... You know, I'm, just, I'm not I would, saying that doctors I, I are usually good at their I'm, job, but sometimes they get it wrong. Yes. No, they do get it wrong. And, like, I wouldn't go, all right, in three months I'm going to do it. It would be when I got to a point of... Because you, you're scanned and you're checked and, you know, you know there's progression and you know how fast it's progressing or it's not progressing. So I would get to a point where it was a... You're not coming back from progression. And if it started being painful or I was extremely sick or... You know, my lungs were flooding. I wouldn't want to go that way. Mm. I wouldn't want to go that way. So I wouldn't ha- want to have my lungs suctioned 24-7. And, you know... And, would, and do you believe the legislation should be just passed? Or do you believe that even though it's unnecessary and we don't legally need to do it, do you think there should be a referendum anyway? I think there should be a referendum because I think that people of Ireland should have the choice. Like, as I said, I would be out supporting. I would be out campaigning for a yes. But I think people should have a choice. And the only problem with it being in Ireland is we're such a large Catholic country, you're going to have the... Well, there's less and less of that. I mean, you could make, if you made that argument, yeah. the last two referendums should have been lost. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's true. You would yeah. be hopeful that we would see the same way. Like, as I said, I would be a huge supporter of it, absolutely huge. And I just believe that everybody should have that right. It's, like, it's not... Sometimes it's not a nice way to go. And... If you decide to take those two tablets while you're at home with your husband and your kids and you just get into bed and go to sleep, that should be the way you do it if that's what you want to do. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Call us now on 0818 942 105. Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. There is possibly 50% of the population who don't agree with it. And by the way, their minds are to be changed and that's that's what a referendum is all about, giving people information and education and you know, you've got those floating middle voters who don't really know which way to go that you're hoping to get. Yeah, and I know the law can be passed without a referendum, but I think something this big should be put before the people, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be fair, the fairest thing to do, because I think putting wording into the Constitution, um, as you heard earlier on there, Tom, 
said, you know, when we had the abortion referendum, people were told, we're removing this line, but we're going to replace it with this piece of legislation that says 12 weeks, three-day waiting period, and whatever else it said. I can't remember the other things as well. Oh, yeah, cons- um, conscientious objection. But that wasn't put into the Constitution, which meant it could be changed, and we're already seeing it being changed. So voters feel a bit duped. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah, I you, do understand. You, you can't have voters feeling duped, because then they stop trusting the state. So I think I think it's important that it's put into the Constitution. I do think it's important to put into the Constitution to be protected from both sides, from yeah. Yeah. from a change in too drastically as well as a change in the for way. the people who. Yeah, you yeah. know, I do think it should be there as a protection measure for both sides of the argument. Yeah, because because in relation to say abortion, for example, in the future, maybe ten years, a new political party comes along and they're a conservative party, they could remove the legislation for abortion and make it illegal again. Yeah, because that's what's because, happening in America. Yeah, absolutely, because it's not in the Constitution, so they can they can remove it and take it away again. So it's always better to enshrine these things properly so they're there for life until we decide as people to change it again. But but getting back to, you know, the argument to and forward, you know, I've had people on the air on both sides of this argument, and it's not always religious. Sometimes it is religious. They, people believe God puts you on this planet and God can only take you away as well. But the, it's not only religious. It's just that people feel that somehow it makes life worthless or it makes it devalues life in some way that you know we do have great palliative care in this country you know what I mean we do but it doesn't always work for it doesn't work for all patients unfortunately and I know that's not something that's ever you know it's not palliative care's fault they work an amazing job and they do some fantastic work with patients I see it in my circle of friends um, who will be sick and unfortunately dying quite often and the palliative care are amazing, like absolutely amazing. But it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. No, I know. I know. And people still die in pain. I know. They can. Yeah. You know, or die grasping for breath or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I've seen a couple of like relatives and friends die over the last few years and they're in and out consciousness for the last four or five days because they're so drugged up on morphine and whatever else they're on. And that's not something that I ever want to do. And like that would be before I was Mm -hmm. a cancer patient anyway. It's not like I don't ever want to end up like that. And I don't ever want my family seeing me like that, my children or my husband or my mother or sisters or like, and that's not to protect them. That's to protect me. I don't want that. Is it because, because, and, and again, I come back to this word burden. Is it because you feel you'd be a burden on people? No, because my family would never see me as a burden. They would literally, and I can say this hand on heart, I had, when I was sick, I live like 20 minutes from, like all my family live close together and then I live 20 minutes away. And my niece came every day and brought me children to school for me because my husband still had to walk because we still had to eat and pay a mortgage and the usual. And I couldn't drive for like 12 weeks. And every single morning she came, brought them to school, went to work herself, collected them from school, brought them home for me. My mother and my sisters would literally nurse me 24-7 as would my husband and teenage children. I, I, No, I wouldn't ever see myself being a burden because if it was one of them, we would all do the hey, same and yeah. we would yeah. never class it as a burden. Yeah. No, no, I, I get so, you. We'll, we'll stay there. Let me just bring Liam in on this as well. Liam, hi, how are you? Not too bad, Noel. Thanks very much. Good. Um, Liam, would you be voting yes? No, I wouldn't, Noel. No. Okay. No. Or not. That's personally, I wouldn't. But, that's okay. Um, I would. My my. Um, I, I would be thinking that uh, I've looked after old people when I seen people that weren't caring for them that were carers, and yeah. then I walked into a house and I seen a le- three carers looking at a hoist. No, ten grand, and I, uh, and I looked and and the lady was uh, on face. She was having an allergic reaction. They didn't know a medication had been changed. So I had to ring a pharmacist, get um, a certain tablet and uh, to take down the swelling. Her tongue was swelling up. She was choking. Yeah. <laughs> and she had push all over her face. And I said, that's push. That's from antibiotics. She said, pump her full of antibiotics. And that's what it was, flagellant. So they get, I got the stuff immediately for her. Yeah. And uh, then I went up to the hospital and noticed that she was putting this... The room called it... We call it the death room. Anyone that is uh, accident-prone like myself. Yeah. And... Uh, it's it's hidden. What they do is they put it's the last room on there, so you don't go past the ward with the body because uh, it's it's bigger than the matter of privates. Uh, um, yeah, because it was in both, and uh, the room is massive. Like, and 
we went in and I looked and I read the card decks and I started photographing it. And then the day after, all the card decks were removed. And now if you look at any bed in the hospitals, all card decks, that's your personal information and your families. The Martin King of the T he went everywhere to different mm-hmm. surgery, you know, neuro, neurology, neurology, out to uh, Bowmount. You found a doctor, you should okay. You can Okay, but, 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 but we're, we're venturing, we're, Liam. We're venturing slightly off. I, I, I know, I know, I know it's relevant to some degree, right? I know where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you've heard Carol, and she's basically saying like, she has a right. She has cancer. Thankfully, it's in some sort of remission at the moment. If that's the word we want to use for it. There's no sign that they're active at the moment. But I've got to a point in her life where she felt, you know, this is it. And doctors said, "Sorry, Carol, you don't have long left." You know, say your goodbyes. She doesn't want to be in pain. She doesn't want to be in a hospital bed, not being able to look after herself independently. She doesn't want those things. So she would rather say to a doctor, no, look, I don't want all of that. You know, give me that glass of water with two tablets, please. And I'll go home and hop into my bed and take the two tablets and say goodbye to everybody. So that's what she believes she should be allowed to do. Why should we stop her from doing that? Um, because you know, I, I was, I was, I was giving my last rights. I was pronounced dead. I was in the born June in 1997. If you read the papers, you can go back and check it. I died. I said, I didn't even know. I said, amazing. I've born to me. What happened to you? What happened to you, I was uh, trapped in the houseware and um, over in James, near James Street. The, you know, the landlord had steel bars on the window, so I couldn't get out. Oh, wow. And the yeah, the, the aero board on the ceiling dropping on my skull. And oh, the, no. floor, the floor was on fire. I was holding the door where my girlfriend was in, breaking the window, and I jumped up because I was working uh, in the building game and then at security at night. So I jumped up. It was a new place. I was only in it two days, and I had uh, the, the landlord on the whole the whole street. That must be like and a nightmare. Was, yeah, and they brought in legislation after the 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 yeah, sorry the internals of the uh, sofas and all. Uh, had to be for retired and, yeah. and this thing went up. I, I woke up and I just seen flames coming past my head and I said, ah, oh, that's it, I'm gone and I looked at the window and just seen the moon. So I'm assuming you had third degree burns all over your body, yeah? Oh, no, oh, no my, yeah. Lung, uh, my lung fell out, my right lung fell out, it was punctured on a, and then uh, the fireman, they said, you lasted 20 minutes burning in a fire limb. Uh, most people would be dead after three, smoke inhalation. So uh, they couldn't believe it, you know, and uh, even in the born June, they said, you're still going, you're still fighting this. And I said, yeah, 72 hours rotation. Professor Eady, Dr. Lawler, I got the match ball in James's. And I said, I used to be a hot stuff. And now I'm killed, you know, it used to be a kill thing. Now I'm hot stuff. My name, second name was born, you know. And it oh. is, and this fella just keeps fighting, you know. And I said, yeah, but, but, but here's the thing, Liam, right? Let's say you didn't want to fight. You know, yeah. let, let's say you had said, I'd rather not, I don't want to live like this. Let's say you, there were, your burns were a lot worse than they are actually, right? And you say, yeah. you know, I don't want to live like this. And maybe you couldn't walk or whatever it is. Should you have the yeah. right to turn around to a doctor and say, I want you to help me to die peacefully? Well, what I've seen in the private and what I've seen in the public noise is uh, totally different. You no, know, no, no, totally no. But that, I know absolutely. No, but what I'm saying is, should you have the right to say, no, I want to die peacefully? No, because I've tried to get out of this world. I've uh, allegedly had depression, but I never had depression in my life. Uh, but my parents had me insured, unfortunately. And... Uh, they said I had severe depression at 15 years of age. Oh, I had five jobs. And thankfully you changed your mind, Liam, because you're here today. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Sorry? Thankfully you changed your mind because you're here today. Oh, yeah, but just because uh, I'm stubborn. I'm, it's not that I didn't try. Like I've, I've taken mm. over when I was in the depths. See, when the medication comes into you, the stuff they put into you, uh, it's it's poison, like really bad stuff. Some, some I know, I know, I know, I know, and I'm and I'm sorry to hear you, you went down that road in your life. But I, I know the question I'm, I'm still asking you is that although you didn't choose that at the time, and thankfully you didn't succeed in what you t- attempted to do. The point the point is, if you did want to do that and you didn't want to live your life, you know, with third de- massive third degree burns or whatever it happens to be at the time, do you believe you should have the choice to say to a doctor, "I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm terminally ill," for example. So will you help me to die peacefully? Do you believe you should have the right to do that? No. 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 Definitely not what I'm saying, no. But I wouldn't trust the doctors and I wouldn't trust the ministers. See, yeah. Carol, this is the problem. People have a lack of faith in the health service. Well, 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 hang on, Liam. Hang on, Liam. He held my hand. I listened yeah. to this for just one second. My family held my hand and uh, they were, oh, hold on in there, son. Don't die, don't die, don't die. And they had 5,000 uh, And then... When I got out after a year and a half out of the born unit, they had no room to put me in. So I was escorted out of James's hospital, and that was it. Just, I said, what in the name of God? 
went down to the lift, he said, jump in. And the police brought me straight up to a hospital. I said, he was in the hospital for two years ago. Five sisters, a mother of the big house out there, and uh, they don't want him because he's not the, he's not the lame, you know. The, and I said, yeah, I'm the same lame, I'm the exact same fella. You know, I'm still the poet, the, the laugh, the joke, and have the crack, and, you know, I'll get over it. But they just, uh, because they were telling me to hold on, and I said, well, sweet the poem if you, like, hold on, and there's nothing left to hold on. But I held on, even though my family disowned, you know, they didn't. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm glad you held on, Liam. Yeah, because I wouldn't be talking to you tonight if you didn't. But stay there, Caroline, Liam, just for a second, because I, I, I have a load of people to get and I've only got 10 minutes left. Sorry, Caroline, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, I'm good. Gosh, Lee, Lee went through a pretty hard time in his life there, I have to be honest with you, I wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely, Jesus, really? horrendous. Yeah, sorry, but go ahead, do you believe it should be allowed? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody should have the right to decide for themselves. Mm. And where does that where does that right end? Do you have to be terminally ill to make that decision? Ah, yeah. Like, it would have to be something like that. It couldn't be just like, oh, you know, I just, I've had enough, I want out. Like, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. you know, a, a terminal debilitating illness, you know, like that locked in syndrome, whatever stuff like that, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The decision, mm. you should be able to pre-make those decisions. Should I end up in that situation? This is what my wishes are. So you're not leaving it to anybody else then to have to make the decisions, you know? That, that's a tough one and I mentioned Terry Pratchett there before the break who was on the Late Late Show many many years ago talking about this when he was diagnosed I think it was MS at the time but but if you made that decision say for example somebody said to you you know you're the start of Alzheimer's right and you said okay while I'm still of sound mind I'm making a decision when I get to a point that I'm not independent and I can't feed myself or I can't you know I have to have my nappy changed or whatever it is I want out but when you get to that point in 10 years time and we're looking at you in a hospital bed or a nursing home or whatever it is, we don't know if that's still your decision or not. Maybe maybe you've changed your mind, but you then can't communicate that anymore because you've Alzheimer's. No, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's I get a fear. what you're saying. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I know for me, I've seen people in that situation. I've worked in care homes and I've seen people in that situation and I've seen families. I've seen family members, you know, close family friends of my own and like... I would. I can honestly say I would never change my mind. I would never. Once I would get to the point where I didn't know my family coming in and out, that'd be it. They're, like, to me, what's left after that only pain and suffering. But then we're saying the people who are in care homes no, with Alzheimer's, no, no, who, are, no, no. who, who no. are maybe maybe physically healthy but just not of sound mind anymore, they don't recognise people, that they don't have any quality of life, they may do have a quality of life. You know what I mean? You've made that living will previously, should you, your wishes not be respected. Absolutely. Because you've That's obviously made that decision for a reason. Mm. Like, I, that, that would be my decision. I'm not saying it should be an across the board decision. Some people are, would be quite happy like that, but I know for me, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, as I said, my mother is a firm believer that if that ever happens, that's what she wants to do. You know, and we have to tell her when she has a elusive moment. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've I've often said it to my own wife because the most important part of my body is not what you think it is. It's I, I feel <laughs> I feel it's probably my brain because without without it, I wouldn't be doing this job. So to me, it's really important. And if I ever thought for a minute, you know, that I couldn't use that anymore my ability to speak and my ability to think and critically think and challenge and everything else that goes along with this type of job, it would it would destroy me. You know, because that's important to me. Now, to some other people, maybe like a runner, his legs are important. Do you understand what I'm saying? To everybody, there's a different part yeah, of your body's important. <laughs> yeah. But if you can make a living will to express your wishes when you are fit and healthy and of sound mind when you're 30, 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever, mm. before any of that kind of kicks in, should that not be respected? Absolutely. You know, like, are you really going to decide when you're in the throes of Alzheimer's or dementia that actually, you know what, I love this and I, well, I feared for all of those years has going to suddenly change. I don't think you would, to be honest. Maybe not. I, I, I don't know whether I would want to ever go down that route, but look, I want other people to have, I do want other people to have that choice as well because I, let me just go to Dave as well before I wrap this. Dave, hi, how are you? What's crack? 
Um, Dave, I don't know, would you you were going to vote yes because I know you, I know you and I know the type of person you are. You'd vote yes. Uh, I would, yeah, of course. But the only thing is, though, it, like the legislation would have to be the ironclad. You know what I mean? Like it would have to be. You have to have had a terminal diagnosis. You have to be of sound mind. It has to be something where, like you know, you really have no quality of life left, and it has to be your decision. And I firmly believe it has to be done by a referendum. Has to be. There's like there's no other way they could bring this in. Well, I mean, they could, but they shouldn't though. At this, you know, this is the kind of thing like marriage equality or like abortion, the people have to have their say, you know, not mm. just a bunch of suits in an office looking over the constitution. Yeah, well, that's what they're doing at the moment because they say the decision can be made by the Shannon, but I wouldn't agree with that. And I, and I even think proponents of the legislation, those people who agree with the legislation, like Carol, for example, who said she'd be happy to go door to door on it, I do believe that they even agree there has to be a referendum or there should be a referendum. Oh, 100%. But we also, like, even if you think about it, like what we're talking about tonight even, I mean, we also have to kind of delineate between what we're talking about because we're kind of touching on two different subjects. Like, you have assisted suicide. Why? Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't get to hear what you had to say at the end because you just got cut off. Sorry, Dave, I'll get you back there. I do apologize. I'll get you back on the air. I know where Dave is going with that. And there has been different versions of the draft legislation so far. Gino Kenny had one there about two years ago, which was too vague. And most people agreed it was too vague. It could apply to anybody, really. Um, the latest version or the latest suggestions is, for example, that you would have to have a, a, a terminal diagnosis or prognosis of no more than six months. Now, as I said as well... <laughs> That's not always right. Doctor, when a doctor tells you how long, I mean, doctors, by the way, tend not to do this anymore. You know this old thing when your doctor says you have cancer and uh, just Dave Jane will be fine. The doctor says you have cancer and you say to the doctor, oh, how long do you think I've got? There are very few doctors now will actually tell you because they're not sure. Cancers can be rapid. They can change. Cancers can disappear. And there has been cases where doctors will turn around and say, mm, it's not good. I reckon you've got maybe two months max. And then the tumour shrinks and you live for 10 years. There have been cases where the doctor will say, oh, no, you're okay. You're good for another two or three years. And three weeks later, you're dead. So doctors use a professional guess. And more likely nowadays, they tend not to want to do that anymore. Sorry, Dave, just to get back to you. Where you were going okay. with that was is when you're talking about being ironclad, you know, there are two different aspects of this. There's one is you have to have a terminal diagnosis, uh, you know, by specialists, oncologists or whatever it happens to be at the time. Mm. But the other one, what the ladies were talking about was I'm diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I don't have any real symptoms yet, let's say, for example. And I say, well, OK, when I get to a point in five, ten years time where I can't, you know, wipe my own bottom anymore and I don't know anybody, I want you to do it to me then. That's the two different types of vision that we're talking no, it, about. It, it is. And even like I was... Um saying there before my goal is funny was um we're kind of having two different conversations in the one because i mean the one about cancer and stuff like with assisted to that you have to perform the act yourself nobody else can even be in the room with you in a lot of places where if it's a person with alzheimer's what you're actually talking about is euthanasia and we kind of have passive euthanasia in this country already in regards to Morphine. If someone's on life support, yeah. yeah. Well, not even that. Like, say, even say, like, like a DNR, or if someone's on life support, and um, you know, you're turned off the machine because there's no health from that. Technically, that is uh, what would be considered passive uh, euthanasia. Well, it's not so really it's because you're going. About, to, it's not really because you die naturally. Because we're, you, you know, can, we, but yeah, but you, we are artificially keeping people alive when they're on life support. Well, yeah, but see, yeah, but see, the thing is, though, as well, I mean, like a person could be brain dead, but like their body can still uh, still keep going on. You know what I mean? So oh, that's yeah. where well, you can keep you, so you can keep body you, alive forever if you want to. Yeah, so you make the decision to end that person's life. So it's, it's kind of there, kind of not. But like in regards to someone with Alzheimer's, like if you make a living will and you say, if I get to this point, you. You do it for me, like I, you know. I mean, that person has thought long and hard. I mean, like think about it, right? Like if you're if you're going to make that decision while you're still mobile, you've got all your faculties about you. Do you really think your mind would change if you could like look down on your body and see that you are basically in a vegetative state? I mean, like my my father's mother was like a, basically you know like a, a child, like a baby in a bed uh, for ten years before she passed away. 
You know, so you will have people who will say, I don't want that. You'll have people who say, I do want but that. But, yeah, but here's the problem, Dave. Self-preservation kicks in sometimes. It and does. But, but, well, it's like this, right? Like yourself, myself, being, being dead honest, right? Like, would you like to be in a bed for 10 plus years or whatever, having somebody else change it? No, I feed you every no, day, no, and you're just no is the answer to all and those see, there, you know, see, and there we go. You see, this is where. But, here, but here's giving. the thing. But here's, I don't want to devalue people who are in that situation. I've never oh, been in. I, no, no, I've never been in that situation, so I don't know really how I'd feel. But, but that's true. But, but no, but what well, I'm, I'm looking at that from a healthy person. You know what I mean? <gasps> no, that's fair enough. But what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, the way people say, like, "Oh, you're devaluing life." Personally, I don't think we're devaluing life. I think we're actually we're we're holding this person's life up, and we're saying. We're not going to make the decision for you. You're going to make the decision yourself. If that's the decision you make, we're going to stick by it, no matter what we feel about it. Like, and again, look, it's it's a. So in other words, we're not going to encourage you to stay alive anymore. We're going to go with what you think is best and just head off. No, we're going to leave it you. If you, you know what I mean. No, but no, it's not that. Jeez, you're picking me up wrong. No, 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 I'm, no I'm, I'm just saying I, that's the way some people. I don't look at it like that, but that's the way no, some people look at it. Some, well, well, look, you know the way you hear, like, every time this comes up, you hear, like, the slippery slope argument. People yeah. are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, really look into this. And, like, the, the statistics are there to show it. Um, countries where they have this, the slippery slope argument, the slippery slope argument, except for Canada. Canada I was, was going to say, right Canada yeah, has gone yeah, in a very yeah, before, strange no, direction. Before you try to say, yeah, no, 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 no. Whatever Canada does, we, we should do the opposite, okay? But I think whatever Canada countries, does, the world should do the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, if you look into the countries where they do this, and they do it right, you have the likes of, like, like the Netherlands, um, Switzerland, like, in France, it's left up to, like... But wasn't there, yeah, yeah but wasn't there a 13-year-old kid did it in Belgium? No, that was... No, 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 it, no. But his parents did it. No, it was a 17-year-old child in the Netherlands, and the 17-year-old child was critically ill, and that's literally the only thing people know about it. That, that whole thing about a 12-year-old and a... I've heard it was a, a bit of an urban myth or something like that. Yeah, it's it's just one of these urban legends on um, online. But here's an interesting one for you. Okay, there was twins uh, in the Netherlands. They were both deaf, but then they were going blind, and then they decided to go down the route of when we go blind, we want to end our lives, right? And it's like that's the one to leave you scratching your head. But okay, I'm, time, I'm looking at an article here, Dave. Two children aged 9 and 11 have become the youngest ever to be euthanized, according to a report. They were given lethal injections in Belgium, <laughs> which is the world's only law allowing terminally ill children in unbearable suffering to end their own lives. I stand corrected. Jesus. Um, but they were terminally... Yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. As much as I support it... I don't know how I'd feel about that. But at the same time, I mean, like, how sick were these kids, you know? Like, how long, like, were these kids truly suffering? Because, like, as, as good as palliative care According, according be, to I, the rules, okay, the juvenile must make their wish known in writing before being examined by a child psychologist to ensure they are intelligent enough to make the decision. What nine-year-old is intelligent to make this decision? Right? Yeah, no. Made, and, and are not influenced by a third party. Parents can overrule the child's wishes, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, like, how sick were the kids, though, at the same time? You know, I, I'm not, no, I'm not saying I agree with it. Okay, I, I, again, you must be over the age of 18. You know what I mean? That would be one thing I would be fairly steadfast on. But, like, as, as good as palliative care can be, I've seen people screaming in pain for a week before they die. So, you know, maybe, maybe it was something like that, maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know anything about that, those cases, so I can't really comment. I don't have all the facts, but... yeah. I mean, you know, Martin, uh, by the way, is chiming in with what I said to you earlier on, that a DNR is not passive euthanasia. It's just speeding up the natural process of death. And that's what I said to you in relation to turning off the machine or a DNA or whatever it is, do not resuscitate or a DNR. That's people naturally dying because what we're doing is keeping people artificially alive. Oh, no, I know. So yeah, it's not really euthanasia. Without, yeah, but without a DNR, like you can you can ask like the, the uh, people to bring a person back as many times as, as possible. Yeah, but you're already, you're already but, going to die. So you're, yeah, you're no, dying no, no, naturally. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, like the passive euthanasia thing on the turn off machine, it's a bit of a, a gray area. Some people say it is, some people say it isn't. You, you know what I mean? It kind of depends on your perspective on the whole thing, I suppose. Mm. Okay, so you're voting yes anyway, and you but you do believe, although unnecessary, from what I believe legally, you do believe there should be a referendum anyway. It has to be. It, it has to be. There's no way this could be done without a referendum. It'd be war. Yeah, and I do believe that all the uh, the rules and criteria must be in the in the constitution as well. 
Absolutely, because you don't want them changing it, moving the goalposts in six months' time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like what they did with abortion. So yeah, yeah well, we you know, but you, you, I mean, you'll have the mad lefties in two years' time turn around saying, "Oh well, if you're a bit sick, you can get it." You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> think. I, I come on, no, come on, I, oh, God, I, I, I mean, I Dave, to... Dave, don't rule anything out. I mean, people <laughs> feel so let down. You know what I mean? I, okay, look, I'll agree with you. There might be some, okay, but I don't think there's going to be that many. I mean, look what they're doing at the moment with the abortion legislation. They wanted to com- doctors completely decriminalized. That means, technically speaking, you know, if that's passed and it's already gone to the third stage, um, that you can give an abortion up to the day before birth. Yeah, but realistically, who's going to have an abortion up to the day before? And what? I, I, are you? Uh, what I'm saying to you is, it shouldn't be allowed anyway. I mean, should you be allowed to have an abortion? That woman had abortion in England recently at 34 weeks. That's horrendous. Yeah, no, that, no, it is, it is. But like cases like that are like in the extreme. It doesn't matter. Are, it know. shouldn't be allowed to happen. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. But okay, well then, well then that's why we have laws. And, and the people yeah. of Ireland were told in that referendum, if you vote yes, here's the set of laws that we will be putting in. That was enough to swing those people who were in the middle going, okay, well, I'll live with that then. And then it's unfair to turn around four years later or five years later and say, ah, we're moving it now, we're changing it now. Sorry about that. No, and that way, like, if, like, if it is, like, the case where, like, look, do you know what? We're probably going to have a referendum on this in the next few years anyway. You, you oh could see God. it come down it'll the road. Two, it'll, be within, it'll be within two years. It shouldn't be within two years. I, I'd give it a bit longer even. You know, get, get, get people's minds, you know, used to the idea of this. You know what I mean? But, like, mm. again, uh, like, ironclad. has to be ironclad. It has to be in the Constitution. And for it to be changed again, has to be changed by another referendum. Otherwise, I'm voting no. As much as I would like to see it come in for the people who need it. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Uh-huh.